The young actors rise above their material, but Hawk is wasted as the killer. Amen. That's from David Stratton of The Australian. One of the new movies we're reviewing this week is The Black Phone. Now, it's a bit of a cheat because it was actually in theaters in June, but it's still new because it's new to VOD and, of course, new to streaming now. Also, we have a new movie called Bandit. That is actually new in theaters, and it's available um, streaming services as well. That stars Josh Duhamel, Mel Gibson. E. Alicia Cuthbert, terrific movie. That's available now. I know. The, the Gibson thing made people a little squeamish. As yeah. far as an old movie this week, well, you know what? We got The Everyman. That's right. Dan Stanzik, the OG, the original gangster, the first producer of Cinephile, co-creator, is back. I don't know what movie he's doing. We used to have a segment. There we go. The applause is back. We used to have a segment he would do called Everyman, because he is an everyman. So he said, I'm going to dial up an everyman for you. He's coming back and uh, let us know what's new in his world. The Wild Curve this week, well, there's a new movie coming out called The Good House. It's a comeback performance by Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver is on Mark Maron this week, W2F. I believe she's on Colbert or Kimmel this week. Couldn't get Sigourney Weaver on Cinephile, <laughs> though. So we got the writers and directors of the film The Good House. That would be Maya Forbes and Wally Wolodarski. So that is our Wild Curve this week. They're talking about Sigourney Weaver and Kevin Klein's new film. It is called The Good House. As we kick things off, I'm at the gym the other day. Guy comes up to me and goes, hey, love to hearing Cal Penn on the podcast. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. We get, I go, oh, you and me, both brown guys living in Jersey. Of course, I'm sure you love Cal Penn. He's like, oh, he's great. Yeah. And he pauses. He goes, not as good as a masturbating dog, though. I'm like, well, the, <laughs> yes. the legend of the Mark Harris book still goes. I'm like, yes. Yeah. So, to be clear, the dog was not masturbating. A woman was masturbating the dog. But yes, the joke still stands. I think stands. that's the legend of you with Mike Schur. Don't give yes. that to Mark Harris. But thank, <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you to Bo Preet, who was listening to the pod. Speaking of uh, Mike Schur, though, Ken Tremendous. Fantastic job in the Levitard show, giving up some Federer stats. It was awesome. It was the stat of the day as mm-hmm. uh, Schur was no, locked great. In. Yeah, he he was locked in just just really. I didn't realize he was that dominant because I kind of lived through Federer. Like I grew up, Federer was like in his peak, and I knew he was an all time great. But those stats, Mike Sure said about like what was it like he like won twenty like his first seven finals like twenty four straight quarter like it was just insane these numbers on ten straight Grand Slam finals. I think it's 34 straight Grand Slam quarterfinals, 310 weeks at number one. It was number he one like player won for four his first years. seven yes. finals or first, something. Yeah, what, it was something what, about his first like, seven finals, yes. Yeah. Amazing. Just crazy. So good stuff there by Mike Schur. I was by on the, the way, yeah. before you before you continue on, um, the, is it the black phone or black phone? Because I saw like a, it's it's yeah. rare that they're different. On Rotten Tomatoes, they put the the. Yeah. On IMDb, it was just black phone. I, I'm just this is it's rare that that happens. Good point. I think it should just be black phone. And then I yeah. heard Ethan Hawk was on Smartless, and Sean Hayes kept saying, "I just saw the black phone." I go, "Why does he keep calling it the black phone? It's just black yeah. phone." But then I looked, and on my Directv where I saw streaming, it says the black phone. So yeah, no. But on the main poster, it says Ethan Hawk black phone. It, like, it doesn't be say black the phone. in the main poster. We're getting rid of the yeah. Too many movies with the anyways. We're getting rid of the It's black phone. <laughs> I, I'm glad that you made that correction. Um, again, you can listen to Metal Arkers. Thanks so much. People listen to that podcast. Me, Brian Koppelman, and mm. Howard Bryan. Although I got bumped from uh, Stupidity. Yeah. Billy Gil Do we have beef? To- like, we could maybe get like maybe work up some beef here. Maybe sell, get some extra downloads. Are you beefing with Stu Gatz? No, I just don't understand why. He reached out. I mean, Billy texted, but Stu was on the group text. Hey, we'd like to have you on to talk Federer. I'm still available. I could talk about Federer's last match, Labor Cup. I, and they bumped me. So I was like, who they bumped me for? It was Kirkchin. I, I, you, you can get Tim anytime. Yeah. He's talking pool, seven home, 100 home runs and judge. Yeah. I'm like, 
It was disappointing. Mm. Uh, good news, yeah. though. I mean, Stugatz, uh, that, that's just the Stugatz way, though. He's His brain is, I'm sure he texts Billy, oh, we got to have Adnan. And then, like, they, yeah. th- that show is just, like, it's all over the place. So, like, I wouldn't take it personally. It's not like they're, like, we hate Adnan. I think they no, just no, kind of okay. moved on. No, okay, fair enough. They moved on. Thanks to Michael Grant of Awful Announcing. Did a question and answer with me in which we talked about Judge, the baseball season, upcoming hockey season, and why I hate Tom Cruise. How good was that blurb? A little bit of love there for Cinephile. I sent it to you immediately. You're like, let's go. Oh, I love it. I, and I'm wondering, like, how often do you get these type of requests? Are you a, a guy awful. that will say yes to almost anything? Or do you, like, no. are there a lot of no's, but awful announcing gets the yes? A lot of no's, but once in a while I'll give it a yes. And he seemed like a nice wow. guy. And he's buddies with Deitch. Richard Deitch, of course, who has interviewed me many times when he was at Sports Illustrated. Deitch so he had to drop athletic. those bona fides to get you. Like, if, you, if, you, if, he, doesn't drop, if he doesn't drop that nugget, do you do the interview? It does, help to have, it does help to have some context. Like if you were Chris Cody and just 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 message me like, hey, my name is Chris Cody. Was wondering if you would come on the Dan Labitard show. I, I don't know if right. I would do it. But if you say, right. hey, I'm Chris Cody, big fan of your work. I love Cinephile. Um, yes. I also love Claude Giroux because he's on the Panthers I, now. And I know you're a Flyers fan. We have a mutual friend. Yes. I have this guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, then I'm like, okay, I'm in. Like, you got to give me something. He can't be like, hey, would you? I'm like, no, I, I got other things to do. Do you text Dice on the side? Like, hey, is this, is, should I do this? Or? I did. I said, okay, I'm confirming this guy was actually the best man at your wedding. He's like, yes. And he's like, what is he doing? I'm like, he's interviewing me for Awful Announcing. I think he wrote something like, How the Mighty Have Fallen, which I don't know if he was knocking him for the writing or the fact he's interviewing me. But either way, <laughs> I was like, okay, clearly he knows who he is. Um, <laughs> the good news is power of social media. DirecTV, if you'll recall last week on the episode, I was lamenting the fact that after 11 years of DirecTV, last year they gave me NFL Sunday ticket for free. This year did not do so. I called them and said, we're not doing it. I said, that's like giving your wife a wedding present after 11 years in the 12th year going, you know, I think we're good. So Nick Durst does a great job tweeting for Cinephile. Does so pro bono, at Cinephile Pod. Nick's always one tweeting for me. He tweets out, you know, the list of items of this week's episodes and writes out Nance B for DirecTV. But he didn't at them. So I at DirecTV and I I just wrote, give me Sunday ticket. Like, without context. They wrote back to me and go, uh, we realized there were some issues with the streaming service in week two. We hope to improve that. I go, I don't care. Because obviously, yeah. I, I didn't have an issue with streaming. So I didn't have the, I don't have it. So I said, I don't care. I've been with you for 12 years. I want free Sunday ticket. And then I get a message from DirecTV Help. And it's like, hello, this is Elizabeth. We understand your issue. And then I'm like, I have to flex. I'm like, my name is Adnan Burke. I'm a sportscaster at MLB Network, NHL Network. I've been with DirecTV for 12 years. I've been on television for 20 years. September 24th, last Saturday, I was with Pedro Martinez. I looked at him at one point. And I go, <laughs> September 24th today? He goes, yeah. I go, 2002? I'm like, this is the 20th anniversary of me being on television. I'm hanging out with Pedro Martinez. Wow, I, you are dropping it. So I, I'm just, I'm like, I gotta flex on these people. I'm I like, don't this, understand. I, I'm, I'm like struggling. Like just because you've been on TV for 20 years, you deserve free NFL tickets. No, no, like, I, be, I, I, no, because I've been with them for 12 years, and they gave shouldn't me free. Shouldn't the teachers and teachers get free Listen, during football? Pay, too? Like, pay the teachers. Support the troops. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely in favor of that. But I was like, I've been with you for 12 years. I pay $157 for direct TV. I want free NFL Sunday ticket. She goes, give me a call back. I'm like, I'm on the air right now. I'm talking to Pedro Martinez posting. I don't have time right now. How would I have time right now? She messages me, calls me. She's like, sir, we review the information. You're right. You qualify. I'm like, (laughs) oh my God. We're back. We're back. That is the Stugats of the day. I am proud of you, man. The other people are like, the Stugats are strong in you. I'm like, yeah. That is great. That is a savings of $395.14. I watched Eagles and Commanders on. Sunday afternoon. It was great. Uh, I watched Red Zone. I had eight different games on. It was awesome. It was uh, the best. 
The Octobox. <laughs> the Octobox. Love a good Octobox. <laughs> so a big time thank you to DirecTV. Thank you for rectifying the wrong. Thank you for being great. I just want to get that out of the way. All right. Can I get some free Chipotle? Well, that's it. Robert Flores basically messaged me. And he goes, how did you get free? I go, listen, you've got to work the system, okay? And this is the power of social media. Cody, I don't like the people who go, I'm at Delta. I've been waiting three hours here in line. I lost my bag. I don't you did that. I know. I never do that, though. That's my point. You did it, though. But I don't <laughs> like people difference? who do that. I've never done that previously. I, I go to the airline. If, if they lose my bag, it's okay. These people at them, they complain. This is the one time I did it, and it worked. And it was because it was direct TV. <laughs> hey, Chipotle, let me get some food. <laughs> Years ago, what was it? I wanted to get milk duds. Well, I should bring this up to Stanzik when we speak to him today. I was like, can I get milk duds? He's like, oh, I don't know. ESPN sponsor. Like, I can get you the milk duds. I'm like, I, he never got me the milk duds. I thought that was pretty easy. Just tweet them. Hey, this guy loves movies. He loves milk duds. I'm still waiting for the free milk duds. We'll see. I, I'm, we'll circle that We're back prepared to, that. to make this the official pod, movie podcast of milk duds. Correct. Like, without <laughs> any actual money, just send us some milk duds. That's no it. Quite. If you send me free milk duds, I will hype the crap out of this. Chris is right. Presenting sponsor. Cinephile brought to you by milk duds. That's in the we game. Might have our title today cinephile brought to you by milk duds <laughs> <laughs> i feel like now we're on a hot streak like i got free nfl state ticket let's see if we get free milk duds let's, let's oh, ride that this might sucker. be the title too we got to figure it out okay, we got let, some good nominees let's ride the sucker as long as we can all right let's get to some <laughs> movies shall we black phone what the hell happened okay apologies to my buddy rick passmore i really liked it apologies to claire atkins she and i both love ethan hawk this is a waste of my time are you kidding i can't believe i paid six dollars for this thing here's the synopsis after being abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement a 13 year old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from the killer's previous victims the director is scott derrickson the writers are joe hill who was based on the short story the black phone and scott derrickson and c robert yeah exactly Right in time for Halloween. Uh, this was a waste of my time. As Chris noted, the poster says Ethan Hawke. I'm watching this movie, not because I like Scott Derrickson, not because I've read the short story, not that I care about black phones or rotary phones. I want to see Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke is in this movie 12 minutes. This is a complete waste of my time. Yes, he plays the killer. I want to see Ethan Hawke vamping up. I want to see him over the top. I want to see him like Hannibal Lecter, crazy acts and killing people. None of that stuff. I, I got Ethan Hawke wearing a mask. I get Ethan Hawke shirtless at one point. I don't have any yeah. weird, I don't have any perverted Ethan Hawke. I don't have any strange Ethan Hawke. I don't have him like Buffalo Bill. I don't have him like Jeffrey Dahmer eating people, cannibalizing. No, apparently he's killed some kids and he's got this kid locked in his basement. That's it. He just shows up, gives the kids eggs at one point, leaves. Like, that's it. This is a waste of my time. I've seen better horror movies. It is completely predictable. I know exactly where the ending is going. The black phone is, of course, a metaphor for a conscience and what this guy's done and the different lives he's leading. It was, honestly... The less said about it, the better. It was a complete waste of my time. Thank God I didn't go see it in theaters. I was going to go see it in June. As I mentioned, it opened in theaters in June. I just didn't get around to it. I'm like, oh, it's on demand right now? Six bucks? No. One and a half Maple Leafs. For whether it's, wow. called, whether it's called The Black Phone or Black Phone. Ethan Hodge is one of my favorite actors. Yeah. It's a waste of his time. You don't give out a lot of ones and one and a half. Like, no. It's got to be bad. Like, I'm going to see what the reviews you got here. Charles Bromesco of Inside Hawk. A limited location. Yeah, it's in a room. A restricted number of characters. Yeah, there's a kid in Ethan Hawke and a couple other people. <laughs> and a narrative model rooted in sparseness, all-demand finesse in order to be spun into feature-length cinema. And the black phone shows why, for worse, more often than for the better. That's right. <laughs> Charles Bromesco of Inside Hook. He's bringing the heat today. I agree with that. All right. <laughs> Next up is Bandit, a film which I thought was terrific. I got to shut up my friend Sammy, who messaged me and goes, hey, Alan Unger's a friend of mine. He's a director. I'm like, uh-huh. He's got a new movie called Bandit. I said, I'm aware of it. Josh Demel. I just saw him on Jimmy Kimmel. My wife loves Josh Demel. I got it. He's like, can I sit? Could you want to interview Alan Unger for Cinephile? I said, 
Let me, let me watch the movie first. I don't want to consent to the movie and the interview, just in case I don't like the movie, because no problem. I watched the movie. It's excellent. After escaping a Michigan prison, a charming career criminal assumes a new identity in Canada and goes on to rob a record 59 banks and jewelry stores while being hunted by a police task force. It's based on the story of The Flying Bandit, and it is a terrific movie. It is written by Robert Knuckle and Craig Wenman and stars the very winning, the very charming, and as my wife would tell you, the very handsome Josh Duhamel. Backstory on Josh Duhamel, good friend of Ben Lyons. Ben is part of the group that commits to make a film called Spaceman, the story of Bill Lee, the great baseball pitcher, the Red Sox, quirky, crazy Spaceman. So that movie came out five years ago, and Ben goes, I'm going to send you the screen. This before Ben and I were really good friends. And he goes, I got to send you this movie, Spaceman. It'd be great if you could pump it up. I got to probably watch it, loved it. I had a great blurb for it. Now, I don't have the poster. I'm going to have to ask lines about this. He called me the other day, and I called him back, and he goes, I swear to God, he goes, I'm riding a bike right now in Times Square. Can I call you back? I'm like, why? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I want some more context on this. Like, why are you riding a bike in Times Square? Why are you answering the phone? But I'm like, okay, fine. I'll call you back. The next time I speak to him, though, there's a poster for Spaceman. Again, this was very limited release, right? VOD. He goes, bro, we made this with like five bucks. And if you'll listen to the full interview, which, by the way, Chris is going to play a clip from June 23rd, 2017. At one point, I praised Josh for the movie. And he goes, I think I lost, I, I, let's be honest, I lost money on that movie. He's like, I, <laughs> it cost me money to play Billy. But the poster, Spaceman, I believe I have the blurb. Like Ben was like, oh, your, your quote was so awesome. We put it on the poster. And I think I called it something like the big Lebowski for baseball fans, you know, smart, quirky, check out yeah. Spaceman. Anyways, Demel's a great guy. He came to the studio at ESPN. Huge Twins guy, huge Vikings fan. He's from North Dakota. Legit big sports fan. I believe he's invited Rosillo over NFL Sunday ticket. Not sure if they're getting it for free via DirecTV. But, <laughs> but take a listen to this clip. This is Josh. Now, he was talking about his, he just got married, by the way. I think like a week ago he got married. But this is his previous high profile relationship with Fergie from Black Eyed Peas. He gives a great, uh, answer earlier in the interview about working with Al Pacino. You're going to listen to that once again, June 23rd, 2017. And he also then, I asked him about James Caan and he said James Caan gave him this advice. Take a listen. I just remember I was telling him about I was telling him that I was about to go on my first date with Fergie. He's like, oh man, she's hot. She's real hot. Here, let me give you a little piece of advice. Go work one out before the date. <laughs> you can make it out what you want. I was like, what? What was that? You want me to do What? <laughs> Is it, that's your that's your like advice? <laughs> like, this, this no, is thanks. no thanks. No thanks. <laughs> sorry, sorry back there. The producers are all cringing. <laughs> no, they love it. We're keeping it for sure. That's so good. How about that? Tell them they got to work one out before. You nailed it. What's the reference? What what rep movies are referencing? There's something about Mary. It's just exactly. like perfect. We got a something about Mary reference here happening with James Gunn. Dirty old perv. Anyways. I haven't been on a date in a long time, but it, it doesn't sound like terrible advice. You know, get your mind right. <laughs> get your mind right. Just get clear-headed. Just you know, focus you want... on the task at hand. You're not too kind of jumpy and stuff. Yeah. By the way, I mean, how good was it? Well, we'll get to it in a sec. I was going to just mention the fact Stephen Galloway last week was fantastic. But the fact that you just weren't paying attention. My buddy Cabby texted me at Hoosh. They're like, dude, that was awesome. That guy's great. And they recognized, cool. they go, he's from the Hollywood Reporter. Like, he's done interviews. I'm like, yeah, like, he's, he's a big deal. Now, you in we fairness, didn't even talk on air about how I wasn't paying attention to that yeah, interview. I was going to say, you in fairness <laughs> were doing work on your phone. You were actually doing company work for Metalark, but you were completely disinterested. And the interview, like, it was awesome. Like, I'm, I'm dropping yeah. a welcome to Tangier. The fact that Clark Gable's wife gave him a sock. When I listened back to it, editing it, I really enjoyed it. I think I texted you that. I was like, wow, no. you're right. This w I didn't? No, I'm that's sorry. why I was like, I wonder if Cody actually listens to it or he just kind of I was thinking it. it. When I listened back in okay. editing, I definitely was into it. And like, I was like saying to myself, how did you not like pick up on Adnan? Just like, you were doing that interview for me. Yes. I felt like such an asshole after that because it was right. like, wow, you were just doing working blue after working blue. 
if you know, like if you're in a meeting, like a post show meeting, and like you're you're giving advice to crew, but you're looking at one person, that's yeah. what I was doing. I'd be like, if you're saying it, you're looking at Billy, go watch, watch what I'm about to do. Hey, Jay, what do so, you think about? I was doing yeah. that. I go, Steven, I'm curious about. It. I'm looking at you, like Cody. Look what I'm so doing. So disinterested. So. <laughs> In fairness, you were working, so it's fine. I, I was working. I was dealing yeah. with some stuff, but yes, stuff I was, it's not still not a good look for me. It's all good. Let's get back to Bandit. If you like a good bank robber movie, you're going to like this movie. Josh Duhamel is one of these actors. Now, again, I'm partial. Right? He's a great guy. He's good friends with Ben. Always, I think he's a good dude. But he doesn't make movies that are well-liked by the critics. And he has joked about this. I believe he was on Kimmel. And he goes, I don't think I have more than two movies that are above 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. That was his line. He goes, you go look at my movies. because they get crushed by critics. He made a film. I think he directed it. He mentions it on that podcast interview. It was about him and his buddies. Horrible. It's like, it's like 8% Rotten Tomatoes. So he knows. He goes, I'm not making movies for the critics. I do it for my buddies, for my friends. Does it for the money and the babes. I mean, he's just got married again. His wife's like 20 yeah. years younger than him. Like, he's living a good life. He's Josh Duhamel. <laughs> but it's pretty rare when he actually makes a film that is well-reviewed. So that's why I was a little bit skeptical going in. But lo and behold, Duhamel, 75% Rotten Tomatoes for this movie, 95% audience score. And it's easy to see why. It's funny. It's charming. It's well-directed by Alan Unger. And it's a really cool story. This is a guy who already is a career criminal. He escapes prison in America, and then you see him just taken off of the border, ends up in Canada. Now, as Sammy, my friend, texted me, he goes, if you do interview Alan, what's fascinating is they shot this movie in Atlanta and had to make it look like Ottawa, Ontario. Even those who are unfamiliar with Ottawa, which is the nation's capital in Canada, it doesn't look like Atlanta. So I don't know how the hell they pulled <laughs> this off. But he goes up there, meets a nice girl, Alicia Cuthbert, good Canadian girl, by the way. Uh, the girl next door, I'm sure Cody knows that movie. Mm-hmm. He meets her, they start dating, whatever, okay, blah, blah, blah. But he's got no money. He's a, he's a criminal. He's escaped America. He's a fugitive. Ends up getting lined up with, I know, it's a little squeamish here. Mel Gibson, like, you see him, you're like, oh, my God. He just pictured drunken anti-Semitic tirades. But yeah. if you can try to put that aside, he's still a good actor. He, the first time you see him, he's in a strip club. And he's talking about Boy George, a film set in the 80s. He's just bashing Boy George. I'm like, I love it. He's like, this guy's eyeliner, his music is real music, Sinatra. I'm like, yes. I like this guy. He's like, Sinatra's great. He's like, I went, I saw Sinatra at the garden way up. I couldn't even see the color of his tie, but that was music. This guy's a freak show. I'm like, yeah, I like it. Good Mel Gibson tyrant on Boy George. Demel meets him. Hey, let's get to work, etc. He puts him some money. Long term is this. Demel starts robbing banks, and he does so because he kind of gets his way into prosthetics. So he figures out a way how to apply mustaches, fake nose, fake chins, all that kind of stuff. And he's very polite. He's like a Canadian robbing people. He walks in, hey, I need all your money. Here's the gun. Boom, it's all Canadian dollars. Away we go. He f- so he's out west in Calgary with Gibson. Then he flies back every week, back to Alicia Cuthbert. He's like, oh, I got this new job. Oh, I'm working in uh, you know, finance stuff. I'm working with my dad. Oh, it's really going well. She clearly is dense and just believes him. All of a sudden, the money starts piling up. But how long is this going to last? The cops are to get on his trail, and away we go. That's why it's called the Flying Bandit, because he was pulling off bank robberies in Alberta, then flying back to Ontario, living a nice little life with his wife and baby, and we go from there. But I think when it comes to bank robbery movies, I mean, first of all, who wouldn't want to be a bank robber? If right now, Cody, I yeah. said to you, like, we, we can pull out, I swear to God, Cody, I've talked to the guy, no alarm trip, $4 million, you meet. Let's go. You're like, all right, I'm in. It's, it's 10 minutes of work. It's yeah, just, I mean, with the, the risk, if without the risk of like risking my entire life, yes, I'm with you. Like, it does seem cool. Of all like the bad jobs and the like, of all like crimes, yes. it seems like the a pain. Like, I'm not killing anybody. Yeah. So it's just like I I could see myself. I could see it being fun in a dream. I'd like to be a, have a dream where I'm a bank robber. Okay, the dream bank robber. There's your show title. Like that. Yeah. That's where that's where things become fun. And even at one point when she realizes. You know what he's doing. She's like, where's this all this money coming from? She's like, are you a drug dealer? He's like, no, like, to your point, no one wants to deal drugs. And like, oh, come on, come on. She's like, are you killing people? He's like, no. And then he shows her and she's like, 
rather than being upset, she's turned on by it. Like, oh my God, can I come with you? Like, I, I want to rob a bank. Like, this, this sounds yeah. awesome. Like, I, I want to see how you do this. He's like, okay, I'll show you. Like, I go there, I watch security, I tail them, I come in, I have a sky, blah, blah, blah. So, like, it, it ends up being interesting how, to your point, even a woman could be turned on by that. But the fact it's based on a true story, like I said, I thought it was, it was crisp, it was smart, it was funny, it was well cast. It's a really enjoyable movie. Make sure you go check out Bandit, which is available right now in if, limited release. If you could watch only one of these the rest of your life, would you watch Bandit yeah. or Bandits? Oh, with Billy Bob Thornton, I love Bruce Willis. Yo, with Bruce Willis, I, when I first saw the email of like that was what you're doing, I was got excited a little bit. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, but still, I, I, that's one of those I, I used to love that movie. It's tough to turn down Bandits. I, I love that cast, but I gotta go with Bandit. Dumel's my guy. Come on. Wow. Uh, Todd Jorgensen of Cinemalog. Dumel gives the anti-hero an offbeat charm. He is a charming guy. Although the script struggles to sustain any meaningful suspense while juggling comedy and drama. I disagree. I thought they had a good, good amount of suspense. Uh, this one here from James Barardinelli of Real Views. The problem with telling a true story like this is that the ending is written in stone and there's nothing the screenplay can do about it. The term anticlimax comes to mind. Well, yes, there is a certain element of a preordained ending, but I think that you don't know how you get to that destination, right? It's not the destination, it's the journey. It's like a trip. At the same time, I think Bandit, even though you kind of have an idea where it's going, it's still really well done and very crisp and entertaining. So thanks to my friend Sammy for sending it along. Go check out Bandit. Um, once again, coming up, our wild card, Maya Forbes and Wally Wolodarski. But now, it's time for the old school. All right, a little history lesson for those who are uninitiated. It's me and my buddy Dan Stanzik hanging out in Connecticut, and I'm lamenting the fact that I feel in all these radio shows, and I'm never going to get my own show. So how do I do a podcast? He goes, let's do it. And I said, well, everyone in their grandmother has a podcast. Got to do something different. He goes, I'll do it with you. I said, okay. He goes, all the stuff that you're into, man. I mean, movies, baseball, flyers, Canada, whatever you want. Federer. I'm like, I don't know about the other stuff, but maybe the movie stuff. ESPN stands for Entertainment and Sports Programming Network. We can do movies. He goes, let's do it. So Dan, and this tells you a lot about Dan. We just go ahead and just record it. He's like, boom, let's do it. Puts it out there. I was like, well, I was kind of talking too fast. I was all over the place. Like, no, dude, it's good. He goes, just, just get it out there. You were talking faster than this? Oh, yeah. Peach and a senior boss after. It's like, um, I thought I didn't talk too fast. Got to work on that. Otherwise, that was pretty good. Put it out there. I'm like, yes. And very cleverly, Dan Stanzik realized, let's put it on the Mike and Mike feed. Because if we had just been on our own, we would have died a slow death. But he goes, you fill in on Mike and Mike. I'm a producer on Mike and Mike. We'll put it on the Mike and Mike feed. And as Mike Golick said, you guys are sucking off the Mike and Mike teat. But sure enough, we were able to succeed. Dan Stanzik was very smart in doing that, and he produced 78 episodes of this podcast. He has now listened to all the other episodes, which are up to 240, if you can believe it or not, and the OG, the original gangster, Dan Stanzik, returns today. First and foremost, Dan, how shocked are you this podcast is still going? I'll tell you what, if we made it a Federer podcast, it would be over now. Tough week for you. <laughs> Um, and also ha definitely haven't listened to all 240 to hammer the under on that. There was a few in the middle there. The cadence era, eh, yeah, spotty. Cadence era, yeah. Spotty. But, but, how about the fact, listen, you're an avid reader. The best thing about you, well, there's a lot of good things about you, but the best thing about you, you once read a book every week. Yeah. Cody, he read 52 books. You know, I, I tell people Wait a minute. Go, well, the everyman read a book a week? This is something not adding up. Yeah, here. Cody, I'm a little more nerdy than you'd think. I mean, <laughs> if the glasses don't give it away. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I've read about one or two books this year, though. Having a 17-month-old yeah. daughter will do that to yeah. you. I've read a, read a lot it. of kids' books, though. I have those basically memorized, but not a lot for myself. You watching Bluey yet? Or? Dude, Listen. Bluey is nonstop. Bluey. It's, we've got the Bluey stuffed animal. we got the figurines. She just oh, yeah. loves the intro, though. She doesn't even watch oh. the show. She just wants the intro, and then she goes, more. I'm like, oh, yes. you got to wait seven more minutes. She's like, more, more. I'm like, 
Okay. So I have on my phone, I kid you not, a, a link to someone, God bless whoever they are, on YouTube. It's 10 minutes straight of just the bluey open. <laughs> Me and my daughter do that song where instead of saying mom, dad, we just throw random things like peanuts. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> Happiness. So we just like we just we'll sing it for like two hours, just saying random oh, things. Catchy, man. Yeah, Bluey is definitely catchy. But my point is, at a literary guy, I mean, you've read, like I said, it was a stretch. We read a book a week. Are you as stunned as I am that the cinephile has become so literary? I mean, this is your place for authors, which is right up your wheelhouse. Yeah, but you are taking on the role of like the voracious reader now. Like you are like giving yourself homework every week. I don't know how you're still functioning. You have like still twelve jobs. And you're like, oh, this one's got a book on whoever, Sidney Poitier. Like, all right, let's yeah. go. I'm like, and, and he doesn't realize, you don't even doesn't realize you don't have to read the book to yeah. do the interview. I mean, it makes a better interview. I'm not saying like he's, right. these interviews are made interesting because of Adnan actually reading the books. But most people are just like, hey, why'd you write the book? Like, you know what I mean? Adnan takes this serious. The, the thing you can week. do, you can ask the people behind the author, hey, give us some talking points. And then there you go. You got an interview. You hear something wow. they say. You ask him. You Not don't need man. to read the book. I love his brutal honesty. He'll be like, "I'm 279 pages in. I'm in the middle of page two. Set. Like you're like you give the exact details of what you've read. And I just love your honesty. Well, how about last week, Stephen Galloway? Like Dan, I, you were at a boy trip this week. I'm not sure if you listened to him yet, but oh, I heard I, it. I, I'm, I'm looking at Cody trying to get a reaction. He's, even, he's on his phone the whole time. I go, "Are you listening to this?" Clark Gable's wife knitted him a sock to keep his genitals warm. I will say this about Adnan. If there are lurid details, he is in. And he will it. find them, and he will ask about them, and that is what he likes more than anybody else. It's very weird. It's, um, no, we've connected on that. It's, yeah. it's our biggest connection, I'd say, with me taking over this podcast with him, is like we both love that shit. I've so he's doing Adnan, it for me. He's tickling me. He's trying to tickle plenty me. Plenty of times, the repartee between you two before you get going in the movies is my favorite part of the podcast because <laughs> I've only watched three movies all year. But you guys Same. going back and forth is... Awesome. Thank you. I love it. That's what I like oh, too. But that author, I don't watch Adnan, any of the movies either. <laughs> he lost me at one moment when he told me Vivian Lee or whatever. Yeah. He's bipolar and he goes, I'm reading her diaries and I can tell when the bipolarness <laughs> kicked in. I'm like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> the handwriting changed? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Taking Stephen Galloway to task. Uh, I love it. Yeah, that, um, that was a bit much for me, but I did listen. I appreciate it. You've only watched three movies all year. we got to guess the three, Cody. One of them has got to be Top Gun Maverick because every asshole has now seen that movie. It was amazing. I loved oh, it. God. Yes. It's the only movie I've seen in theaters. Awesome. <laughs> I know you hate Tom Cruise. You have your reasons. I'm with you on those reasons. It is so hard to nail a, a, a sequel 30 years after the original. Yeah. They hit all the right notes. It was incredible. All right, sure, you got to suspend disbelief. I get it. There's some crazy things that happen. But they also have great callbacks to the original. I don't know how well in tune you guys are, but one of the go-to lines from Maverick is, talk to me, Goose. When Miles Teller, who is Goose's son, says, talk to me, Dad. Woo! <laughs> I was Goosey's, feeling that one, Goosey's. let me tell you. And I don't know if you, maybe you've seen this, Cody. Probably not you, because you wouldn't be reading uh, reviews that aren't just clipped to give to Adnan for the podcast. But someone had a, a theory that it's actually just like a fever dream, a death dream. And that explains away a lot of the, you know, hmm. where you have to spend, suspend disbelief. Oh, I like that theory. Okay, two of the movies you've seen. I don't know if Shay's going to the movies yet, but I'm going to guess one of the other movies was Minions Rise of Gru. No. no? Yeah, all right. 
two other movies you've seen. Uh, maybe a date night with Jenna. No, nah, uh, definitely not. No. Definitely. Okay, what were, the, what were the other two movies? Just I saw Batman, me. The Batman. Okay. Saw that on a plane. Um, whatever. Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, yeah. cool. Whatever. It's Great fine. here, yeah. Um, and then I watched Elvis last week. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, so yeah, three big movies that. you've seen. Elvis, Elvis what'd you think? I, it was way too long. Okay. Uh, I enjoy my favorite Elvis song is Suspicious Minds, so I got plenty of Suspicious Minds, which yeah, I was happy about. Song. And I, right. I, I don't know if this isn't a bone to pick, this isn't a, a, a disagreement, but you're saying how Tom Hanks' performance was Razzie-worthy, and I'm yeah. saying pump the brakes. Maybe he nailed that character, and the character was just so despicable, so unlikable, that everybody hates him. Is there something to that? Tom Hanks, America's actor, everybody loves Tom Hanks. We're saying he had an awful performance. Or was that character that he portrayed just an asshole? No, I don't have an issue with the character being an asshole. I thought Hanks' actual performance, like physically, the way he's mugging to the camera. Distracting. I've heard a lot of people it call a, it distracting. It was a distracting okay. performance, yeah. Okay. I thought it was very mannered. All right. Um, let's get to the Chicago Marathon. Even with a 17-month-old child, you're in the Chicago Marathon October 9th. Are you nuts? Yeah, yeah. Quick, uh, just dusted off a quick seven just now before we hopped on here. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, me my too. Wife was it's seven, seven slices of pizza. That's yeah. what I knocked off. Cody told the story affair before he came on. Dan, he said that years ago he saw you walking the beach at six a.m. and he was like, "This is hours before you needed to be anywhere." And he goes, "Okay, that's Remember? a guy clearly oh, this, dedicated to fitness." Oh, this was I, think down I, South I think beach. I had run and then I I walked onto the beach after. I think there was yeah. Well, you were like I was driving into the studio and you guys. I guess Mike and Mike was in town or something. I don't remember, but like I remember you. I just remember driving like wow, Stanzik's walking Miami Beach or maybe you were running. I don't remember. Maybe you were out. Maybe I wasn't, clearly I wasn't running very fast, but uh, <laughs> my wife asked me last week, she was like, do you enjoy like the running? And I'm like, I think of it a lot like what Lebertard says about writing all the time. He goes, I hate writing, but I love to have written. So there's right. a lot of that, which like most days I wake up and I don't want to run, but I feel so much better after I've run. <laughs> um, so whatever. Marathon number three, Chicago. Let's do it. Haven't done Chicago before, though, right? No. This is your first time. No, no, no. The lake effect. Could be I know. Weird. They say it's nice. They say it's beautiful. I want to get to your – you have a quiz for Chris Cody. I do. Importantly, Dan. I do. I, what? I, I want to see that. I can't you wait You want to do that? Well, I do have an everyman, too. So whatever order no, you want to go No, I'm do the quiz in. first, then I want to go to everyman. Oh, what is well this quiz? I like to study for quizzes. What's yeah, this? Well, I don't like this. Speaking of preparation, Dan's with a few people. I love Claire. I love Ben. Brigowski. He actually sends topics. Like, Stanzik is ready to go with his – he produced his own segment. It was great. I feel like this is not going to make me look good. No, I'm Cody, just starting here, there. Here's, hear me out here. You guys did your whole When Harry Met Sally mm-hmm. thing a couple weeks ago, and you had a great line, Chris. You go, my cultural knowledge has expanded now because I've seen When Harry Met Sally. And you learned <laughs> right. that I'll have what she's having. Like, that's yes. the line. Oh, famous line. Wow. Oh, so then, you're going to give me famous and things? And then Adnan mentioned you're going to need a bigger boat from Jaws, and you're like, oh, well, now I know where that one's from. And I'm yeah, like, I didn't know how that one either. does he not know that that's the Jaws? <laughs> Stunning. So I was like, I, I got to put together a movie quote quiz for Cody. So I have yes, 10 I quotes. This. Some of some of the movies I have multiple quotes to kind of help you out. But like they, aren't, they aren't terribly hard. I'm going to give you a little clue. More than half of them came out in your lifetime. Okay. So I do think there is a version of this quiz, Chris, where you go full Slumdog Millionaire, a movie you probably haven't seen, and guess no, them no. all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, know the, I, know the, I know the concept, though. Okay. So <laughs> all right. Number one, Adnet, do not help him. I think yeah. if Adnan didn't go 10 for 10, I don't think you should have this podcast. I think they're pretty easy for Adnan. Okay. We'll see. Love this. Uh, quote number one, get busy living or get busy dying. Wow. <laughs> this is going to be great. I have Cody's no idea. Die trying. James Bond. Incorrect. I'll give you another, <laughs> another quote from that movie if it helps okay. you. Hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. And no good thing ever dies. I have no clue. All right. The that's color purple. Shawshank Redemption, okay. 1994. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Uh, I've seen very it. popular film. It's on I've TV seen that all movie. the time. You've I've only seen, seen that once, though. I have watched that. That's the prison movie, get right? Get busy, yes. get busy. You're goddamn yes. right. I've Red. seen that movie one time, not enough to know the, the lines. Okay. It's disappointing. Yeah. Uh, quote number two. I actually have three quotes from this movie because I don't think okay. you're going to get it. Uh, hmm. But play it, Sam. Play as time goes by. This is incredible. You got to get this. Don't so guess. Okay, if you want another quote from that movie, I got another one. No, get, get more quotes. He's not going to know that. We'll always have Paris. It's one of the greatest movies of all time, Cody. Here's uh, looking at Midnight in Paris. Midnight in Paris. Round no, no, up no, the no. usual but, suspects. But, but old know. school. But like I don't old, know, old man. I don't know. Cody, this, a movie you guys your dad are would flipping. Love. A movie I'm, your dad would love. Like old school. I produce my dad's podcast. We have a segment on that podcast called Greg Cody Doesn't Know Movies where we're doing the exact same thing to my dad and I'm now being it's flipped okay, on me and I deserve this. It's from the 40s. This. It's from the 40s. He's I have no clue. Uh, uh, the, I don't know. All right. It's Casablanca. Casablanca. Damn it. fine. We're moving on. This is going well so far. I think you're going to get this one. Okay. No way. He's going over for 10. Quote number three. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled oh. was convincing the world he didn't exist. He'll get this. <sighs> Why are you saying he'll get this? <laughs> okay, it's more recent. It's in the last 30 years. Now I'm like, I'm like stressed right now. I'm starting to sweat. 1995. That's your constant <sighs> state of being, though, stressed and starting to sweat. That's yeah, like, I know. It's a Tuesday. Stupid ring light on me. Yeah. All right. 1995. Um, I don't know. Okay, I'll give you some actors. Kevin Spacey, Benicio Del Toro, Chaz mm -hmm. Terry. Dirty Dancing. Gabriel, Gabriel I have no Burns. idea. You actually reference this movie. You just said the movie. You go, I don't know. You just said it two minutes ago. You go, I don't know. Is it the... The Usual Suspects. I tried oh, to... I didn't... Yeah. In guessing the... You, Casablanca, you go, what is it? The Usual Suspects? This is what well, I, I didn't said say round Usual up, Suspects. Round up the Usual Suspects. <laughs> I was trying to, trying to play into that one. Uh, yeah, I don't think you got a shot at this one. I'm number miserable. Four. Make them easy. Come on. Number give me four. Easy I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Okay. <laughs> no, Very I'll give I didn't know that film? Looking I love Adnan scary. thinking these like random years right, are going to help me. Right, okay, fine, fine, fine. Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall. It's not helping film. him. It's Francis a possible now. He hasn't seen it. We're moving on. Quote yes. number five, you got this one. You right. add me at hello. Oh, I know this one. Tom You're Cruise. Guy. Tom Cruise, uh, agent, uh, Jerry Maguire. Yeah! We're yeah! on the board. One for, one for five. One for five. And we don't have a Hold chance on. in hell at this one. Quote number six. Oh, I forgot about the board. Yeah. That's a board now. We have a board. Yeah. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bum, which is what I am. This is the best movie on this list so far. Another line? A big reference on De Niro, Scorsese. It's reference in Raging Bull. Marlon Brando is the one who says it. You're not, he hasn't seen it. It's On yeah. the Waterfront, 1954. I've never on. even heard of it. Yeah. That's the best one he's done so far. I've never right. even heard of that movie. All right. This, this, one, this one was written by David Mamet, one of Adnan's favorites. Coffees for closers only. Okay, come on, Cody. You've heard people say that in your life, yes. I imagine. Rookie yes. of the year. <laughs> okay, Al Pacino, Kevin Spacey, Alec Baldwin, And then it doesn't Leonard. help me when you I tell know. me that. <laughs> and then you haven't helped him at all. You're just making You're it worse. Stressing You're stressing me out. because salt in the wound right now. 30th anniversary of this movie. That's 30th not helping. Every single one of these has gotten a fist pump for Madden because he thinks I'm going to know, and it just demoralizes me more. All right, it's Glenn, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I can't say uh, that. I really struggle with that one. Say. 1992. Yeah. All right, number eight, nobody puts baby in a corner. Oh, I know this he one. He knows this one. He you said this one, one earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, know I've one. heard this line. Is there another line that you have for no, me? No, you guessed it earlier. You said, is it? You guessed this movie. You keep doing this. I've guessed like 42 <laughs> movies. <laughs> no, one put, no one puts baby in the corner. 
You know that one. On the fourth movie, Dan said, you said, is it this? The fourth movie. Like, yeah, not- it, this is such a blur to him. Yeah, he's one right at man. Come on. <laughs> Please just tell me. It's you Dirty Dancing. Patrick Swayze. Patrick oh, Swayze. Dirty Dancing. I said that one. Exactly. I know. I think this is my favorite quote of, of them all. Number nine here. <sighs> Greed, for lack of a better word, is good. <sighs> this guy just died. No, no, that's right. He just had his birthday. He's 78 <laughs> years old. Now, he just had a birthday two days ago. It was, it was on Twitter. People were like, oh, yeah. I'm not Happy in your birthday. brain, Adnan. <laughs> the Kaminsky Method, Netflix. Oh, okay. Even oh, telling that, who that's, it is. That's, that the show he's in. that's the show he's in. No, oh, uh, uh, money something. Money. It's a movie about money. Money, money ball. Not money ball. He's famous. His dad's very famous. Name. I know. It's, it's Michael Street. Douglas. He, he Wall Street. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as you said money and Michael Douglas, as soon as I was like, I know that's, I just had to find it. Because we got two. That's pretty good. All right. And number eh, 10. One and a half. Give me three on this one. Come on, Cody. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. I know this that's one. I know this one. The Godfather. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Well done. You know why I know that one? Because I've seen You've Got Mail. That's fine. That's a bad Because in that, in that movie, Tom Hanks, Hanks is, is like, always Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday. He like is yeah. doing all the quotes while Hanks he's typing. Nora yeah. I love it. Hanks is called yeah. Godfather. Yeah. All I right. think we should edit yeah. out that answer just so that man's sanity stays. <laughs> I know that because I've seen you've Oh, no. Mail. I've seen The Godfather, but I like know those specific quotes because of, I'm literally picturing Tom Hanks in his like heavy accent, like right. doing it. Okay. Oh, I know that because I know you've got mail. Not uh, one of the greatest films of rough, all time. Rough one. The two, for the record, the ones that I most liked, I mean, obviously, Mammoth, I love Glenn Gary, but Casablanca on the waterfront, which there was no way yeah. he was going to get. All right. <laughs> 1979. Chris, you don't know it? Chris, <laughs> it's his birthday. It was his birthday two days ago. No, he's, it's it was like, like, he's what? dead. No, it's he's 78. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Michael Douglas just turned 78 years old. Chris, it was the seventh thing you said 20 minutes ago. What was that? Say it again. <laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> Three for ten pretty good, though, Chris. I'm embarrassed. Nah, like that. You're not embarrassed. It's it's okay. It's fine. Some of those were kind of obscure, but there were a few there I should have known. So this segment's called the Everyman. Dan just takes it over. Cody, we don't interrupt. He's written it. We let him go. After that, if you have any comments or questions, by all means, go ahead. Dan floors. I don't get any production. Like Claire's got a whole open. Cody follows her on Instagram. Like all this stuff. Follow you on Instagram. (laughs) I'm looking this up right now. Dan stands it. That's an excellent point about the follow on Instagram. Out of boy. Dan. It's amazing. What will Dan? No, no, no. We're not tightening this no, up. No, you're not following. following. I follow you on there Instagram. We go. right, Get out of here. No, good to know. Good to know. All right. Okay. It's good to know you care how I follow you. I mean, you don't even know. I'm still waiting for my open. I always see all these pretty pictures of your daughter, and you don't even appreciate me. I don't think you like them. them. That's probably why. Yeah, you That's like true. Them. <laughs> That's true. All right. Here we go. The Everyman. Every day I come by your house and I pick you up. We go out and have a few drinks, a few laughs, and it's great. You know what the best part of my day is? It's for about 10 seconds from when I pull up to the curb and when I get to your door. Because I think maybe I'll get up there and I'll knock on the door and you won't be there. No goodbye, no see you later, no nothing. You just left. I don't know much, but I know that. That's right, folks. Goodwill Hunting. The 1997 movie that announced Matt Damon and Ben Affleck to the world. Damon and Affleck wrote and starred in the film, winning an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. Damon also picked up a nom for Best Actor. Film was directed by Gus Van Zandt and also featured Minnie Driver, Casey Affleck, who would go on to star in one of my favorite movies, Gone Baby Gone, and then win Best Actor for his role in Manchester by the Sea. And it also starred Robin Williams, who won his lone Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. The film is ostensibly about a 20-year-old genius from South Boston, played by Damon, who works as a janitor at MIT, and solves two insanely difficult math equations on a chalkboard in the hallway. 
The highly decorated professor who put them there tracks him down and wants to work with him. But Damon's character, the titular Will Hunting, is from the streets. He hangs out with low life, drinks too much, gets in fights, and has a rap sheet that he's largely been able to talk his way out of in court, except the judge presiding over his latest run-in with the law puts his foot down. The professor talks to the judge and gets Will out of jail, but on two conditions. One, he has to meet with the professor weekly to work on math equations. And two, he has to meet with a therapist. And that's when the movie really takes off, because, of course, the therapist is Robin Williams. And the relationship between his character and Damon's is really the driving force of the film. It takes him doing, but Will forms a special kind of kinship with Robin Williams' character, Sean. Sean sees through Will's defense mechanisms. He almost chokes him out when Will insults his dead wife. And Sean endures full sessions of silence, waiting for Will to finally crack. They eventually connect through jokes. Hey, hon, don't forget the coffee. Will tells him about his girlfriend, Skylar. Do you like apples? How about them apples? I got her number. Who's a senior at Harvard and bound for med school at Stanford. The professor lines up multiple job interviews for Will at think tanks and government agencies, but Will doesn't want to leave Boston. He's never been anywhere else. He breaks up with Skylar and tells her he doesn't love her, even though he might, because he can't go to California with her. He can't even formulate an answer when Sean asks him what he wants to do with his life. He is trapped and haunted by his past. He is terrified of his future. This uncertainty, I believe, is what makes Goodwill Hunting so popular. Thematically, it's about finding someone who challenges you, looking for your soulmate, deciding what the best course of action is for your future, and making the most of your God-given talents. Who can't relate to that? Seriously. Eventually, we get to the emotional climax of the film, where Sean and Will briefly discuss the physical abuse Will endured as a foster child. Sean tells Will not once, not twice, but 10 times that it's not your fault. Will ends up taking a job, but before he starts, he, to steal a line from Sean, has to go see about a girl. Goodwill Hunting, three and a half Maple Leafs. Adnan, what say you? I love I love that you didn't go four Maple Leafs. I was actually thinking of doing this on the old, because I haven't seen it since it first came out. Caused such a sensation. It made stars out of Damon and Affleck seemingly overnight. They win the Academy Award. Both guys had been in movies. They just hadn't been in big movies. They hadn't had a really big hit role. School ties, the audition for it. Damon had a small role in Courage Under Fire. He lost 40 pounds for it. But this was a, a really kind of rags to riches tale, those guys actually winning an Academy Award. You're right about Robin Williams. He won the Oscar that year. Fantastic. Really kind of gave that movie that gravitas. But yeah, I like that movie. Gus Van Sant directed and Cody by the way is all over right where away, were the lines like, where were the lines for my quit like what the like I knew all those lines if you would have said any of those lines I had that one I figured you'd seen that movie the, be- uh, the best okay. line is the line I opened with I think yeah I, I, the I best quote of the, the entire passage yeah yeah I like the fact we talk about his wife's farts Robin Williams is oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> 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 remember the flatulency but that's fine no I honestly when he was saying that first line I like it wasn't one that jumped out at me at Goodwill Hunting but I like as he was saying it I was like I've heard this line before and then once we yeah I like it. It's a really good movie. I actually want to go watch it again. So I think that's 25th anniversary. I think it's 97, right? That's a 25th anniversary. Yeah, 25th anniversary. It's pretty good. Good Will Hunting. A really different time in, in movies. Miramax, I mean, Harvey Weinstein, all involved with that stuff. It's weird. That we I didn't want to mention the Weinstein. Was really, yeah, yeah, yeah. He really helped that campaign. That's a big reason why those guys won that Oscar. Anyways, uh, I like the fact that you give it three and a half maple leaves. Pretty good review. Before we close up shop, though, reading, watching, and listening. Every year, Cody, Dan sends out to all his good friends, he sends out a reading, watching, and listening list. And it's like all the stuff that he's read, watching, Watched or listened to, and it's the, of, of it. To be honest, I don't necessarily care. Listen to you know Casey Musgraves' album, but the reading is always good. Whenever book he recommends, I'm like, oh yeah. So I been what was the one? Uh, what was it? The Silent Patient. He recommended oh, it. it. Was awesome. Such a good book. 
Yeah, he always puts it. So I really, you can give me the full list. I'm more just curious what you're reading. You've only read a couple books. Well, it's, it's interesting reading? that you say that, Adnan, because the reading is very, very diminished, uh, as I think I alluded to earlier. I think the last <laughs> book I read, I finished in August. I've probably read like three books all year. The last book was a, it was actually a Gojo recommendation on the English Premier League. It's called The Club. You're not interested in that. Uh, next on my list is Mike Schur's book, How to Be Perfect. You're probably not going to read that. I actually read some of that book. Yeah? How was it? I loved it. Great book. Good read. Okay. So not a lot of books, Damon. How about watching and listening? What uh, watching. I'm, I was a big, uh, I loved when you guys had Billy Gill on a few weeks back. I forget when that was. I'm a big Only Murders in the Building guy on Hulu. Uh, yeah. I just knocked off uh, Severance on Apple Plus with Adam Scott. Yeah, Anyone Adam seen Scott, that? Yeah. Ben Stiller directing. Yeah, very good. A lot of... Did it win the Emmys? I don't know. It was up for a lot. No, I don't know. It was up for a lot. Didn't yeah, win who knows? Succession. And then uh, I've referenced this to you before, Adnan, but Never Have I Ever on Netflix is like my wife and I. It's our yes. favorite show. Awesome. Yeah. Indian Love girl, it. L.A. high school. Yeah. Dirty, trying to fit in. Hilarious. Mindy, Mindy Kaling, executive producer. So yeah. uh, that's watching, listening. I just finished, or I think there's one more episode. There's a podcast called One Year. I think it's by Slate. And they did 1986, which is the year I was born in. And it's just like seven stories you may not have heard of. Like, for example, the most recent episode I listened to, there was a hostage situation in a in a grammar school in Wyoming, and the bomb went off, and 154 people were in the room, and nobody died. What? Wow. One it's year. One year? Yeah, okay. it's called One Year. Previous seasons, they did like 1973. I think they did 1995, and this is 1986. I think it's the third season. I would also recommend uh, one episode of a podcast called Plain English with Derek Thompson. Uh, he had former cinephile guest Chuck Klosterman on. Uh, nice. The title of the episode is Why Does It Seem Like Everybody Hates Everything? <laughs> I would direct oh, you to that one episode. It's fascinating. Nice. Plain English is what it's called? Plain English, yeah. I think it's Through the Ringer, so I think it's Spotify. And lastly, you have a theory. Well, I'm down on Ted Lasso. Fish on a water tail, funny, charming, soccer, not interested. You have a theory why? I do have a theory why. I think Chris may have alluded to this when, when you're – hatred for Ted Lasso has has come out in various episodes as it has. Um, I think there's some like, some psychology behind it, but Adnan is used to being in the role of the one giving the recommendations and not the one taking the recommendations. Wow. So I think there's a little bit of fear from Adnan where someone says, hey, have you seen something? And when he hasn't, I think that kind of gets you like you've seen all these movies and it's like a point of pride that you've seen them. So when yeah. someone tells you something that you haven't seen, a defense mechanism, what goes from negative of, of I haven't seen something to turn it around, you just slam it. You go from a position of weakness to a position of power saying, what you told me to watch sucks. I'm in a power position instead of, oh, I'll check that out. That's amazing. And Listen. then everybody says it's so great. And you're like, oh, I watched two episodes, eh, whatever. If yeah. you watch season two, there's a it, like it's not just all like happy go lucky. Everybody's awesome. Yeah. Everything's great. Gets it's not dark. that at all. They, they deal with mental health better than anyone's dealt with mental health on any show in the last two decades. And, and it's a, yep. a story about an American guy coaching an English soccer team. Like it's it's, yeah. it's meaty topics, but it, it makes you feel good. Yeah, it's That's interesting great take, sell. but I'm going to disagree with you. I had the same issue with Veep. Everyone tells you Veep Veep's is great. Probably my favorite show ever. I didn't that funny. Rigasi's like, how could you not find it funny? I just didn't laugh that much. Hey, did you like Thirty Rock? Dude, that is so brilliant. That show. Thirty Rock. Veep? I liked. I did like Thirty Rock. It's very similar. Right Thirty Rock. Yeah, I didn't. I, I Veep. I was like, I was. I, all people I like. Tony Hale, Julie Louis Dreyfus. Disappointed. Disappointed mm. in you, Chris. You, mm. You're in on that theory, right? Yeah, I think I, I was doing a lot of non during that. Yeah. I don't. It's nothing. <laughs> yeah. It made sense. Yeah. It may. I mean, I don't know. 
but yeah. it, 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 things are making it's sense. Ted Lasso making sense. Overrated. It's overrated. There you go, again. Uh, I didn't say it was bad, I said it was overrated. Um, last thing, one floor of the cuckoo's nest. Louise Fletcher just died. That's why I was confusing when I said Michael Douglas died. Michael Douglas is alive. Louise Fletcher just died. The reason I bring this up, I had not seen Cuckoo's Nest in a long time. As you know, I reviewed it about a month ago. Have you seen Cuckoo's Nest or have you read the book? Because I've read it years ago. Someone said Ken Kesey's novel is unfilmable. Good luck. And yet that movie swept the Oscars. I've seen the film. I've now read the book. The takeaway from the film, everybody remembers Chief, right? Yeah, Chief is unbelievable. Yeah. He throws yeah. the sink. Yeah, you had a little Nicholson phase going on here, huh? Didn't you? Is that, yeah. is that why? Okay. Yeah, we had, yeah. We had a big Nicholson phase. Okay. There, so. All right, last thing, and this is a little bit odd, but can oh you boy. give us a John? This is a John Skipper impression. Oh, yeah. I can Claire do one. Can you do one? No, I one? cannot do one. I'm not from the South. I will say, and I can't believe I haven't mentioned this. The Louis Armstrong you did a couple weeks ago <laughs> was a ten out of ten. Oh my yes. god! That's, I think it's the best impression you've ever done. Yes. Tomato, <laughs> tomato, da-da-da. You say tomato. And I say tomato, you say potato. And I say potato, 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 tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. Yeah. See, you did that, and I was like, oh my God, that was so good. And then you did like a whole nother verse, and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Do a whole episode on this. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. I got to get the, listen, Big Suey next year, Cody, my fake limited Louis Armstrong yeah. is going to be in there. Yes. Although Stan's crying, I don't think it's limited. I could do, I could do like an hour of it. No, I, yeah, it's pretty, I mean, episode. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think in every episode in the past like month and a half, Chris has been like, yeah, dude, you're up for that. Nominate. I don't think you were nominated yeah. for any of them. I think it took you out of every single one of them. He was like the skipper one. He's like, yeah, he's like, oh, dude, you're definitely. in there. You're yeah. definitely in there. You're definitely yeah, in there. it got cut. Thank you, Chris. I know you guys do like to thank you, Dan. The Sueys are awesome. Thank you, Chris. Thank, thank you, Chris. Thank you, thank you Chris. Thank you. That's thank a lot you. of work. I appreciate that. I, it is. Underappreciated. Yes. Yeah. Finally, I, got, I did finally this year after like seven years. I got a little help, but it's still, God. My guy, Tony, help Thank you. you. No, uh, <laughs> lower. We got, we got a hole. That is Dan Stanzik, who Chris Cody does follow on Instagram. All of you should follow him on Instagram as well and follow his Twitter. Go Cuse, go Giants, Big Blue. Tough loss against the Cowboys, but Brian Dable, pride of Welland, Ontario, off to a good start. And of course, most importantly, go Blue Jays, trying to fight for that number four seed. We got to get home field. Probably Jays, Mariners, Jays, Rays. The way it's looking, it could be interesting. And I will look up plain English. Why does everyone hate everything? I cannot. Wait yeah, to I want to check that. that out. Do you? I don't think you really do. No, I do actually. That okay. that sounds interesting. That and does last sound thing very I mentioned this earlier. Remember the time I said to you, "Can we get Cinefile to get sponsored by Milk Duds?" And your quote was, "If you want Milk Duds, I can get you Milk Duds." Whatever happened with that? Can we get some Milk Duds? <laughs> what do you think's gonna happen? <laughs> maybe, maybe I was just gonna go to the store and get you some. I. Yeah. I'm so. working on it. I think what I'm I told you is it. to reference it on Mike and Mike, and then they will send yeah. them to you. I think that's right. that was your, yeah. that was that was your point. Like, dude, if you want yeah. milk, I'll get you milk. Just keep mentioning. Just and keep I never saying got it. So. And someone, it'll okay. get to someone in milk does. I didn't say I will do it for you. <laughs> You know, that kind the of direct fun. quote was, you want milk duds, I'll get you milk duds. But I think you're right. I think you meant, I will get you that. Just by say it on Mike and Mike produce. a lot. Just don't let it <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah. You'll get that back. Um, all the podcasts, by the way, Dan is producing. If you listen to ESPN podcasts, you'll appreciate how much work this guy is doing. Zach Lowe's podcast, Mina Kimes, Woj, uh, Shefty? You know Shefty's too? I don't no. do Shefty's, no. Yeah. Swagoo and Perk do a podcast. Uh, yeah. Brian Windhorst is a podcast. Yeah. I'm probably leaving someone out that I do. And I'm. Can you tell Zach Lowe that Chris Whittingham listens to his podcast, Nude? I can. Yeah, I talk to yeah. Zach Lowe almost every day. It was like a weird admission by Chris Whittingham. He's like, I like to listen to podcasts in the nude, mainly the low post. I was like, okay. Uh, I heard that. Admission. I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on that note, Dan Sanzik will not be running the Chicago Marathon naked, but we look forward to that in the details October 9th. <laughs> Give him hell, buddy. Thanks, guys. All right, good stuff there from our man, Stan Man. Let, 
let's get a little old school in there. The fact he's running a marathon is incredible, by the way. He has, he has a child yeah. like you, has a young daughter, just like you, and he's running a marathon. Yeah, also love a pop quiz. Love a pop quiz. Yes, that pop quiz in you was, I did not expect that. You didn't expect no, that. No, First of all, I didn't know where he was going to go with that, but that was a pretty good <laughs> quiz. All right, let's get to the wild card now. New movie in theater. Sigourney Weaver, Kevin Klein. It's called The Good House. Here are the writer and directors, Maya and Wally. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, a terrific movie opening in theater September 30th. I had the pleasure of watching it. And naturally, a thrill to talk to Maya Forbes and Wally Wolodarski. They adapted and directed this latest feature. It's called The Good House. Uh, and like I said, it's going to be in theater September 30th. It stars Sigourney Weaver, Kevin Klein. You got Paul Guilfoyle, uh, Marina Backer, Beverly D'Angelo. And it's based on Anne Littery's novel, The Good House. It's a terrific movie and a story about denial and drinking. I'm really glad that I was able to see it. I encourage everyone out there to check it out. Maya Wally, let's dive in. Sigourney Weaver is great in the movie. I mean, she's such a talented actress. I was thinking while watching it, I haven't seen her in a while. Like, What's she been up to? So I'm, I'm so glad you guys cast her. How did you get Sigourney Weaver to take the role? Right around the time that we were reading the book, somebody said, what do you think of Sigourney Weaver? We thought that's, you know, that is a home run times 10. So, I mean, besides just being fans of hers and excited to get into a room with her, we could see her embody that part immediately. It was no, you know, there was no buy-in. It was just immediate. Well, yes, because she presents, I mean, she's so commanding. She's funny. Um, she's, she's obviously, we've, you know, she's tough. She's Ripley. She's very tough. Um, and to see her, I mean, and she's an amazing actor. So it, it felt so rich to be able to go on this, to be able to delve into this with her, where she's also, we know her. So when she's, tr- when she's trying to convince us that she's right and everyone else is wrong, everyone else is a hypocrite, they're all drinking. I mean, what, where do they get off telling, saying, I have a problem? Mm-hmm. We felt like that's going to be compelling coming from her because she, she's got a lot of authority. And what was she like on set? I'm sure somebody like that is like, you know, masterclass in acting. Can you tell me anything about Scorny Weaver behind the scenes? Yeah, I mean, she's, you know, she's, I mean, actually the really nice thing to report is that Sigourney is so dialed in and also so playful, so game, so ready to try things. Very, and so warm. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah a, exactly. She's a so very right. funny and warm person. Yeah. So. And I say the same thing about Kevin. I mean, they, they, they knew each other from a long time ago and have worked together previously. And it was really inspiring to be around people who are, don't have to prove anything and have done just about everything that they could do in the movies and were still ready to just dig in, be game, play, be playful, and you know, look for new things to try. So that was Like exciting. they learned how to band lobsters. <laughs> she, went, <laughs> she went swimming in 58 degree water. I mean, it was really 58 degrees. She did it. It was pretty crazy. <laughs> was great because I'm like that, that, that feels authentic like I have no idea but I'm like it feels like Kevin Klein actually learned how to do this with lobster yeah. like, I, yeah. like he, he was but he would take the time and effort to learn how to do this properly and then yeah. takes for to get lobster. 
Yeah, it was fun. It was a fun day. We went out on a boat and they learned all about it and they really got into it. They practiced it before we went on the boat. Though. Well, they, they did. Practiced. They practiced. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And I love uh, that song, Bring It On Home to Me by Sam Cooke. They have that one nice scene to them where they're dancing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, uh, obviously the music was so important to us because it really is about two people who are looking to in, looking into their past. So that was important. And we're just also Sam Cooke fanatics. So that was just an easy oh. one. I was a thousand percent with you on the Sam Cook fanaticism and, and Weaver and Klein really making some sweet music out of that scene together. Clever uh, <laughs> inside references to real estate. Like I loved, uh, well, let's get to the, the whole breaking the fourth wall. Maya, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Larry Sanders show in a second, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. And of course, Gary, very famous in the Gary Shandlin show was always breaking the fourth wall. So that was the first thing I thought of. I'm like, oh my God, I love when Shandling would do that. And I said, oh wow, Maya has a connection to Shandling. We'll get to that in a second. But just tell me about this project. Well, I have too. Yeah. And I was okay. Now, breaking the fourth wall, because you did it early on, and every time you did it, I thought it was funny, revealing. And I love what she says about real estate. She goes, you know, here, here's the sad truth. Divorce is good for business. Mm -hmm. You know, that's from the book. That's a thing that that's an observation of Anne's from the book that we really like, because it's you kind of intuit that when you know when you understand what's going on in the world. But to hear really hear somebody say it was uh, eye opening for us. So I enjoy that. But, you know, the, the fourth wall stuff really comes, again, it's Anne created this incredibly rich inner life of this unreliable narrator. And so using this technique was for us a way to kind of just dig into what Anne had created. Yeah, I thought it was really clever. And like you said, it was a really unique way to do it. I may have missed the line, but I was when, when Kevin Klein's having a cigarette, does she call it jazz cabbage? What does she call yeah. it? Yes, that's what you see. Calls it jazz, it jazz cabbage. I don't. I was reading something and it saw it referred to as jazz cabbage. Like that's going in the script. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I've never actually heard that before. I'm going to start using jazz cabbage. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cigarette. Um, like I said, but the the movie's terrific because, as you guys said, even though it deals with serious themes, it's playful and it's fun and it's just, it's just really smart. I just thought you really just knew that characters, you knew that terrain really well. It really felt authentic to that. So I I encourage everyone to go check out the Good House once again in theaters on September 30th. I want to get into some of your other work. Obviously, Infinitely Polar Bear, semi-fictionalized account my of your life growing up, but the fact that you went to Harvard, sister went to Harvard, father went to Harvard, and yet your father was bipolar. I love that movie. I mean, I love everything Ruffalo does. He's so good in that movie, and I think what where I was struck by was how much fun the guy could be. Like, he really, you know, he's, hey, let, let's go and have a time, good time. And then at other times, he was just so, obviously, in the throes of, of bipolar disorder, just couldn't do basic things. How much trepidation did you have when you're putting together a story and everyone's saying, oh, so this is your life? That's your dad? That was you? That was your sister? Like, how do you, how much fear did you have about putting so much of yourself into the movie? I think my the key is that I didn't have have it till after the fact. Like, maybe if I'd had trepidation on the front end, I wouldn't, I would have been too afraid to do it. It wasn't until it was sort of done and out. And then it was like, oh, wait, everyone's going to ask me a lot of questions about my life. But I really wanted to, it was, it really came out of me telling stories to my children. So my father died in 1998 and he was in many ways, a wonderful father, but he also had all these problems. I mean, it was, it's like the big, the big thing of uh, the big thing I've wrestled with through my life. Uh, so when my children were little, they didn't know him. And so I wanted them to know him. And so I started telling them stories about him. And it really came out of that. And I kind of, I mean, I guess I sort of felt, I felt a one for my children. I want them to see what it was like, but I also felt like I think a lot more kids and families, ex you know, have this experience uh, than we hear about because it's kind of buried. It's, you know, people don't talk about it. 
And it's important to know, especially, I mean, if I'd been a little kid and I'd seen that, I would have felt great because knowing that I was not the only one who was having this experience. Um, I think a lot of kids have that experience uh, and a lot of families. So anyway, that, that was all part of why I wanted to make that movie. All right. The Larry Sanders show is the funniest show ever. It's so influential. It was so ahead of its time. It was brilliant beyond brilliant. I need your best Gary Shandling stories or any Larry Sanders show stories you got from me. I'll take it all. I talked to John Apatow when he was going the Carlin documentary. He told me some doozies. So he oh obviously. God. Oh, my God. What is my best Gary story? Do I have one? Um, well, I mean, I, I love Gary. I, um, yes, I was so lucky to work on that show. That was my first job, really. And. But I don't know, like, that's a long time ago. And there's COVID has happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just wiped things, things out of my mind. Um, can I think of anything? The, the, I don't think that was my, you wrote Larry's Agent, Roseanne's Return. Those episodes both Emmy nominated. Maybe a story from those. Um, hmm. You've really stumped me. A Rip Torn story, maybe a Jeffrey Tamper story, whatever you got. Uh, yeah. Oh, I love Rip so much. Um, he brought you a tomato once. Rip, Rip, yeah, one time at a table read, just he <laughs> came t- up to me with this beautiful princess tomato. It was this heirloom tomato. And he said, this is from my garden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Rip, okay. thank you so much. <laughs> it was so, it was really, really sweet. Uh, he was just, he was just uh, amazing to watch the working Rip because... I mean, he was so ferocious in his everything that he did. Um, it was an incredible job. I, I, I don't think I knew because I was pretty young when I started on that show what an incredible job it was. And, you know, I didn't I didn't really understand, like, I'm working with some of the best actors and this is some of the best writing I'm ever going to do in my career. You know, I didn't really understand what a unique experience it was. And Gary, you know, Gary was funny because he would have you as you went through the scene, you'd start out doing rewrites of this rewrites of 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 the Monday morning uh, table read script, you know, early on Saturday, and then by the end of the season, you're he's like, "Can you get to my house at six p.m. on Sunday?" And you're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I'm going to be up really late tonight." Um, but you know, he did everything. He did everything. So he was just incredible. Yeah, Apatow's story was he because I told him the roast is my favorite episode. He goes, "That's so interesting you said that." He goes, "That was one of the most challenging episodes we ever had. It was so stressful." And because by the end of it, Larry just like Gary just left. He was like, "Yeah, like I'm done. Like whatever." Like he goes, he went to like uh, I believe he liked to go to Maui. He's like, he's just gone. We had to kind of cobble together the ending because he goes, he did so much. He was literally writing everything, acting, editing. He's like, by the end, that's it. I got nothing left. I'm done. I'm out. He was burned out. He got pretty burned out doing that. Yeah. I, I loved it beyond all measure. Uh, I also love The Good Health. I encourage everyone to go check it out. Maya Forbes, Wally Wolodarski, terrific film right now. Uh, it's opening in theaters September 30th. Thank you so much to both of you. Uh, congrats on a terrific film. All right, you're Bye. Bye. Thanks. All right. Thanks once again to both of them. Check out The Good House in theaters this Friday. Thanks once again to Dan Stanzik, The Everyman, and go check out Bandit once again in theaters and avoid the black phone, or maybe it is just black phone. Next week on Cinephile, me and Chris are going to talk to Jeremy Lin. That's right, former NBA star. New documentary about him. So Jeremy Lin right here on Cinephile, as well as a new film. It's on Netflix. It's called Blonde. It stars Anna DeArmas. It's directed by Andrew Dominic. It's all about Marilyn Monroe. So new film, Blonde. we got Jeremy Lin. A lot of great stuff stuff here on Cinephile. I'll see you at the movies.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.